Good morning, guys. I would love to say, like, this is exciting, but it's a little bit of pressure to have the first sermon of the new year. But (laughs) what I resolved is we're just going to be me. So like it, lump it, jump it, here I am. (laughs) Hey, online family. Love to see you guys. I'll see your comments later. It's all good. So I just want to start by saying that I absolutely love the bottom line. God loves us no matter what. Isn't that something you wish you had as a kid? Like you knew that, sealed it in your heart, and was like, yes, God loves me no matter what. Yeah. Can I challenge us as a church to make that a personal thing? God loves me no matter what. No, really. I want to challenge you. Say it. God loves me no matter what. (laughs) As we enter into this new year, I'm sure many of us have spent the last week or so reflecting on what went well in 2021, what hasn't gone so well, things we want to change, habits we want to break, even habits we want to pick up. So as I watched Ollie, I thought, how fitting for this year to kick the year off with this, right? So I want to jump right into the story because sometimes we read this story as just a story. Other times we read it as a salvation message. Yes, turn down for what? (laughs) Sorry. Told y'all, y'all are going to get just me. Um, (laughs) But um, sometimes we read it as just a story. Sometimes we read it as a salvation message. But there's so much here in this message that we can take and apply to our lives. So as a church, we try to be open and transparent and honest. So honest question, how many of you guys have had a moment or moments in your life where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yeah. (laughs) Have quite a few of those in my life. Um, But they turn out to be milestone moments, right? Right. And if we think about it, like the prodigal has this moment. So we're going to jump right into our story. And if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke 15 today. So if you would, read with me verses 17 through 19. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have no... ...set and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. (sighs) The prodigal came to his senses and realized people who are hired by his father have more than he has. That was his I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired moment. So as we go on, he begins to formulate this plan of what he'll do and what he'll say. He's willing to work for less than what he's been called because of his, the choices he's made. He's willing to be called hired servant instead of son. I don't know if this hits, for home, hits home for anyone else except me, but I know there are times in my life where my behavior makes me think, Because I act out of character and because of my behavior, I think I'm no longer worthy. As I prepared and studied for this message, a reoccurring thought that I had was, my behavior does not equate to my worth. I will say it again. My behavior does not equate to my worth. And again, 
My behavior does not equate to my worth. You see, I spent 15 years teaching preschool, and through the years, I learned we don't label a child. We don't tell them, you're a good or bad child. Do you know why? That makes, them, that makes their behavior become their identity. So if we speak to the behavior and their choices instead of speaking to who they are, it makes all the difference. So maybe you're like me, and you need to take some time to pull away with God and allow him to reveal why you feel unworthy or less than. Maybe it's something you did or something that was spoken over you. But taking the time away, I can assure you that God will reveal the false beliefs, and he'll take the time to expose the lies and pull them down. In that, you realize that in Jesus, you are enough. For most people, and I fall into this camp, it's not an overnight process. And in fact, it's something that you work on over and over again. But it brings about life and life more abundant. So let's go back to the story. The prodigal creates this plan of where he's going, what he's going to say. And do you know what happens next? Yep. He puts his plan into action. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but... Let me tell us this. As he, many of us have already made plans, goals, resolutions for 2022, but we can't just stay there. We can't just make a plan. We actually have to do the plan. So in order to get our desired results, we need to work our plan. Read with me verses 21 and 22. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I think it's... I got y'all. It's all good. Longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. So the son walks out his plan and the father, filled with compassion, sees him afar off, runs to him and embraces him. Oh. Y'all, this was beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been hurt by someone, but when you see them again, it's not easy to be full of compassion. What's easy is to, a lot of times, be filled with anger, frustration, mistrust, and yet the Father is full of compassion. On the other hand, how difficult was it for him to come home after being the one who did the hurting, the source of frustration, the source of mistrust? Now imagine being welcomed with compassion. How do you respond to that? The son repents, and as he gets most of the way through his prepared speech, the father says, bring my best robe, a ring and sandals. In reading this, what came to mind was the robe covered all of his mess. The ring, a symbol of covenant. And while we break covenant, God never breaks his covenant with us. Sandals, they offer protection for his feet. The father so willingly gave his best for his son that returned home. When people have used us and taken advantage, it's hard to give them our best. But if we can be honest and real, sometimes our best is setting healthy boundaries. 
Because sometimes the prodigal comes back, but they don't come back repenting. They come back with expectations. Sometimes we are the prodigal returning home. And if that's you, welcome home. (laughs) But I also want to encourage you to embrace the boundaries those around you have set and allow them time to build trust and relationship again. Be patient in the process. (laughs) And that, let me encourage you that whether you're setting the boundaries or living in the boundaries, God sets no boundaries in his love for us. And we see this displayed from the Father. Before we move forward, let's recap where we've been. So we've talked about coming to our senses and being sick and tired of being sick and tired. We talked about creating a plan and walking it out. The Father running to the Son full of compassion the son repenting. We're going to talk about another member of this family that is mentioned at the end of the story, the one I've heard pastors give a hard time to because he needs an attitude check. Now, don't get that statement wrong. He does need an attitude check, a big one. But it wasn't until a few weeks ago I realized there's more to his story than what we see. So the older brother's not home for any of this reunion happening. In fact, he's far off. He comes back, and he hears the celebration happening. He hears the music, and he asks a servant, what's going on? The servant goes on to tell him how your brother's return, and we are having this party. Whew, didn't go so well. (laughs) So would you read with me? (laughs) The older brother became angry. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed you. Yet you never gave me When the son who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. So I love that, because what happened as you guys were reading, it hit me. Like, we read that really churchy. We read that with a nice church voice. But imagine the anger and the frustration, and he's like, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Like, it's, the tension is high right now. Like, he's bringing about fight words. It's like, it's real serious. And I don't know if you come from a family like mine, like, you come with that kind of tone. It's a whole situation, and yet... The father is still very loving and full of compassion. But let me ask you, can you imagine working hard, doing all the things, obeying all your father says, and yet never feeling celebrated? But the one who asked for his inheritance early, runs off, acts wildly, then comes back when he has nothing left, gets a party and a fattened calf, As a sibling, how do you think that goes? It ain't right. right. Again, fighting words, fighting actions. But what hit me like never before in this passage was the younger brother was so bold to ask for his inheritance early, but we never see the older brother ask for anything. 
What would cause him to see all that his father has? Do all that his father asks of him, and yet not ask for anything. What the Holy Spirit reminded me of is how often as believers, we're afraid to ask our Heavenly Father for anything. We see all our Father has, and yet we don't ask. I believe the older son was expecting his desires to be given to him, and in reality, he just needed to ask. As believers in Jesus, we are heirs, and yet we don't act like it. We're told to make our requests known, but we don't. We're told to come boldly to the throne, but we don't. We cower and we bow out. And so often with the excuse, God knows my heart. And he does know your heart. But it shouldn't stop the conversation. It shouldn't stop the communication. Parents, you often know the heart of your children. So let me ask you, what would happen if your child had this big school trip? You know about the trip, but at no point they mention the trip to you. They don't ask to go. They just sit. You know they want to go, but you're just waiting for them to ask. It would hurt your heart. When we cower and refuse to ask our daddy for what we need and what we want, it hurts his heart. Matthew 7, verse, chapter 7, verse 11 says, Jesus says, If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So let's go back to the story. The father responds, my son, everything, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. When we apply that to our lives, we're not naming and claiming or prosperity preachers, but rather sons and daughters of God. We're walking into 2022. Everything we, our father in heaven has is ours. But we have this habit and we jump right to the material things. But what if we did it different this time? What if we started with things that the world couldn't give us? Things such as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> We're hitting home on some things. It was like, out. I think it was more self-control for me, but it was like ring in really quick. Let me know. This is it. Your alarm is sounding. Um, just telling on myself from the platform, just being real. Um, but it's ours. We just need to ask for it. And ask him, we also have a responsibility. We have to open our hands in order to receive it. So what things are we holding on to that don't allow us to receive these things? we should be asking for. You see, if we hold tightly to hurt and hate, we can't be open to receive love. If we hold tightly to unforgiveness, our hand can't be open to receive joy. If we cling to fear, we can't receive peace. So regardless of your condition today, where you stand today, I want to emphasize God loves you and cares for you. He desires to walk this year beside you, not just in crisis moments, but in all moments, at all times. You have a choice to make. You get to invite 
him in to whatever your, whatever your situation is, wherever you are in your life, it's an invitation to invite him in. He's not afraid of your mess or messes. God loves you no matter what. So I think often we think our mess is too big or we're too messy for God. And yet, as I've rehearsed this sermon over and over again, I keep being reminded of how he pulls us up out of the uh, mire, puts our feet on solid ground. He gives us a new song. And it was just a reflection this week of how far the Lord has brought me. And I, I know it's like very churchy to say, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. But I'm telling y'all, like way back when there was some stuff. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. So I just invite you to invite him into your situation. There? Okay. This month we... uh, Actually, Mary, thank you for bringing the first part of our series on enough. You see, if we look at this story... We start with the prodigal son who didn't think the father was enough, didn't think what what the father had to give him was enough to make him happy. And he went out and found out that where he thought he would get enough (laughs) was what really wasn't enough. And he came back. We have the father who has everything to give. And I think sometimes he's waiting for us to ask. And other times he's like, I've already given it to you. Pick it up. And use the thing, right? Pick it up and use it. We have the older brother who, for whatever reason, didn't feel like he was enough to access what the father had given him. The father said, you're with me. Everything I have is yours. You've already got it. You want a party? Throw it. Like, it's there. Use it. But he didn't feel like he was good enough. This month, we're going to explore those things. Like, God is enough. But there's that little voice in our head that goes, is he? Is he enough in this? He is. But we got to unpack that. We wonder, are we enough? Like, we're enough in Christ till we get shaken. Or God is enough until this thing over here tries to distract us and sells us a bill of goods that it's the enough that we really need. And so even as we finish this sermon today and look forward to this month in discovering that God truly is enough and we are truly enough in him, he, everything he has is ours. We're going to put feet to that. We're going to put hands to that. We're going to walk that out in our lives so that 2022 doesn't have to look fearful, so that 2022 doesn't have to look lacking, so that 2022 doesn't have to look dark, but it is full of light, it is full of love, it is full of grace, and it is enough because in him we are enough because our God is enough. Amen, church? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we thank you for your word, your living word. May it pierce our hearts where we have had deaf ears to a story that some of us have heard since 
we were littles, God, may it bring fresh life into our hearts today. May we recognize and see where we fit in the story. And Holy Spirit, may your healing salve touch our hearts where we need to be healed. May it open our eyes where we need to see. Thank you that you never, ever, ever, ever break covenant with us, no matter how many times we break covenant with you, God. And so we come before you today, and like the prodigal, we thank you that you put your robe around us to cover up our mess, that you see us through your perfection, that you put your covenant ring on our fingers to say we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are sons and daughters of the King. We are prince and princesses in the kingdom. And we don't have to beg for that. It is our position in Christ. And God, may you continue to remind us as your children that our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Not the gospel of chaos and fear and anxiety. Not the gospel of frustration and anger. May we let go of all of that, as Pastor Mary said, to take hold of the fruits of your kingdom and walk them out to a world that needs to know that you see them, you know them, and you love them. May it be according to your will in Jesus' name. And the church together said, amen and amen.